first anniversary of this podcast and I could not come up with any better guests than the man, the myth, the legend, Nikki Team. Hi Nikki, how are you doing today? Yo Simon, yo folks, thank you for having me, thank you for having me. How, how, is, uh, how is life right now? It's, uh, as we all know, not the busiest at the moment for you except a lot of bike rides and time with the kid. Yeah, as you say, it's, uh, I'm not sitting here um, feeling like a, a sorry dog. Uh, it's all in the same situation, everyone being at home. So I hope everyone is getting over it. Personally, right now, I'm actually sitting in the world-famous uh, mom's basement right now. Um, and yeah, uh, I would say having a kid, being a dad, is probably the best timing that could be because now I have... Uh, a lot of time with him seeing him growing up, which is uh, unbelievably fascinating and uh, really shows you what life is about. That's that's amazing. I um, I remember when uh, we've been working for many years now together and um, when we started working, uh, you were, uh, until today, you're Dansky Junior and the junior now uh, has its own junior. How has this uh, changed your daily life and what uh, is something you maybe have not uh, expected before that? <laughs> yeah, what, yeah what, where do we start? It's like, it's just, uh, it's, it's fascinating what, uh, what it brings to you uh, as a person. Uh, you, it's something you will only experience by by having this um, responsibility, I would say, in a, in a good way, it changes you. It definitely changed me a lot as a, as a person. Uh, now, I will always be a kid, <laughs> I have to be honest, but now it's, uh, it's in a different way. You know, you have to, you have big responsibility, but uh, again, this is what life is about. Uh, as human, human beings, um, as a kid, you have to, or as a dad seeing this kid uh, full of joy is just uh, fantastic because you know it's it's coming from the right place from the heart so uh, babies are just fantastic because it's 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 real it is real and um, i think the blessing in disguise might have been the uh, global uh, COVID um, pandemic which allows you to spend much more time uh, with the kids at the moment how was it for you being a race driver's uh, son yourself 
uh, growing up with a dad that is uh, touring the world, uh, racing cars and, um, you know, took you to tracks many, many times. How was that experience for you grow growing up in a racing family? Yeah, well, I hope we have a lot of time here. I don't know where to start because it's uh, <laughs> it changes a lot uh, as a kid when you get a teenager and then you, you can get a grown teenager and then you get a, uh, you be a man. Uh, but yeah, let's start at the beginning. Um, my father, that time of racing, and I say it like that, the time of when he was racing in the 90s, uh, uh, it was a really busy time. Uh, there was nothing about environment, let's say like that. It was not so much about money, saving money. Uh, they were really, really touring it. Uh, I know from a lot of his uh, work associates and partners and so on uh, that they were literally two two weeks every month they were on the road, like testing, testing, developing, uh, I can say now, obviously, as a professional racing driver, you still do that, but it's a completely different mindset. It is with uh, uh, things as different approach now. But back then, it was proper old school, uh, uh, what I call the the best racing days, I will still say, because that was really racing from his heart and hard work. It was really hard work and uh, nonstop development. Um, now, right now, we do it with simulations at the factory. Back then, you actually went to a racetrack, and then you 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 got the you collect the data from there. But yeah, coming back to the question again, I I could sit here and talk for hours about it. Uh, when I was younger, obviously, the point I want to make with that is that uh, he was obviously not home a lot. Uh, so basically, growing up with uh, in a woman's family, I would more say like with my mom and my sister. Um, and then obviously when you get older, you start, you come to that age where you really look up to, to someone. And obviously most of us know it as, as a family member, your mother or your dad. And for me, it was obviously my dad. Uh, and you come to that age where you start to come to the track, you start to get glimpses of what he's doing and the fascination of the sport. And obviously you get a lot of, um, uh, a lot of inputs, especially you come, because you come backstage, you get a closer look of what's, uh, what he's doing and so on. And you just get, you see uh, how people look up to him and then you start to get even more starstruck of your own dad. And it's like, it's a, it's a, like a love story almost. And um, even without not doing anything, he obviously inspired me to, to want to become a racing driver, even though he always told me not to, not to do it. Uh, Nikki, goddammit, go play uh, soccer or tennis or whatever. Not, <laughs> don't do this. Don't go. But uh, how can you tell that to a to a teenage boy who is, yeah, eight to fifteen years? Do you old? think it was? Do you think it was reverse psychology that he wanted to you uh, to make your own decision to do racing, and uh, therefore he suggested something <laughs> else that you you probably wouldn't want to do? No, 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 for sure. I, no, no, that's not his uh, not his kind. Uh, that is definitely not his kind. So, uh, but yeah, here we are. So, um, what I really can say before I forget about it is like, um, I think you talk about reverse psychology is the, the matter of fact that he didn't push me into it. 
makes me it can be just my mindset, but it, it makes me push myself even more to try and make him proud, you know. Just um acceptance is not the word. What is it called? Like like getting this this words from him like I'm proud of you, son. Um, you really did well, and so on. Um, yeah. He's never really been the person for that. But even though this day today, I'm, I would not say I'm, I'm searching for it, because I, I know he is, he is proud of what, where we, where we are. Um, but I think it's talking about this reverse psychology. The, the matter of fact that he didn't come to me and say, "You made it. You're good." Uh, actually, think makes makes you a stronger person because it keeps you keeps pushing even though you won championships now it makes you not not stop basically yeah and i i only can imagine like back in the day uh race drivers were much much bigger rock stars than today if you look you know at the old footage with the massive crowds there was not a single seat available in any racetrack uh, back in the day which I can imagine was a lot of pressure for you, you know, for your own career. How did that, the expectations of other influence your very own career? Yeah, again, time, time changes. Uh, I totally agree with you that it was rock stars back then uh, because the only way you could get in contact with those guys were actually coming to the track. Nowadays, you have the social media, so it's... Uh, you can follow a racing driver, even though they go to the bathroom, you will, you will probably know. Uh, back then, you had to come to the track and admire them and admire them at work. Um, yeah, what, uh, what can I say? It's, it's as, as everyone says, the pressure is mainly, it has to come from yourself, in my opinion, if you want to make it. Um, this, especially in this business, it is, it is basically gloves off. It is a brutal business. If you if you want to make it, you uh, Jesus, you have to sacrifice a lot. Uh, you really have to sacrifice a lot, especially as a as a young kid. You 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 see them in uh, talking about kids now. You can probably say like the F one driver say like yeah. uh, kids now. <laughs> um, but you can't imagine what they, they have to sacrifice. You only see the glory. Thing of life but uh, i have to sacrifice a lot of with friends and doing stuff with friends and all the fun stuff being a teenager you have to sacrifice because racing always matters in the weekends and uh, all the build up for that so uh, so yeah it's but yeah um, it's always uh, being known as good team son in the beginning uh, obviously, it, it made you proud, but at some point, especially me, I came to uh, to, uh, to a spot where I said no. Now it's uh, now it's uh, it's enough. I'm not saying it's uh, people had this look in their eyes that I is only here because it's uh, former DTM uh, big star. Uh, that's when I like I said like no, uh, I'm, I'm I'm gonna make it my way uh, for sure. So. I'm proud to sit here now and uh, not be known as a team son, but uh, be known as yeah. a team. And you've been racing in quite a few series, uh, definitely the majority of your career in the WEC um, with Aston Martin for the last 
six years with unbelievable um, success. And um, you, yeah, six years. Jesus Christ, time flies. Debut was uh, ah, 2014. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Holy fuck! And oh man, it's it's time incredible. Goes. Like how racing has changed. Um, during this years is uh, quite phenomenal you know how a turbocharged engine back then was something almost exotic uh, and today is like the, the the only way to go because of the what you have mentioned before the budget cuts the environmental things that they um, try to push and so on um, but what was for you personally your biggest career breakthrough moment Ah, oh, breakthrough moment. Okay. Um, yes, it's a it's a long build up, but uh, the thing is, uh, um, where to start? Like, race wins makes you uh, a hero. Championships makes you a king. That is uh, that's how I see it. Everyone can win a race here and there. So for me, only thing that matters, only people I respect is people winning championships. And uh, that was my goal already from the beginning. It just took me a very long time to um, to figure out how to win championships because uh, that's where I have my 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 catchphrase from: "Go hard or go home." Because when I was young, it took me very long, many years. Uh, uh, because for me back then it was just literally either you win or you, <laughs> you, you or you crash. It's, uh, there's no nothing in between. Like there's nothing P two or three. But then you grow up as a as a man, as a racing driver. Uh, you start to understand. Okay, this is not how you you maybe win a race or two or three. But um, if you're standing staying in the woods for five of them, you're never going to be champion. So. Uh, even though I won some champions in the Formula Ford, Scandinavia, and I won the German Seat Supercopa back then, uh, I changed the Porsche, as you know. I spent many years there, uh, still having this mentality. And I would say, like, uh, around 2012, that is where it, like, it, it hits for me. Okay, this is how we do it. So from I would say from 13, 2013 till now, it's been, I've been on the top of my game and only learning every year, getting... Uh, not to sound cocky, but the speed was always there. It was just uh, the mentality has to be there and that I guess got. So um, from 13, I won the Super Cup. I won 24-hour race with uh, Mercedes and Nürburgring, which I'm really proud of. Uh was especially yeah, a very emotional year with um, two fellas, racing drivers, uh, passing away. Uh, but then again, and a high, you winning Nürburgring and you win Super Cup. And then, uh, yeah, going past that, you get the factory contract with Audi, uh, which is all what we dream about is to make a hobby, a profession. And from there on, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's all been going uphill, I would say, from Audi. Uh, took the, took the, the chance, the jump to go to Aston Martin, and yeah, it's, yeah now uh, we're here. Crazy! I'm just uh, looking up the numbers. Your your first championship uh, is already 20 years ago. The Danish Karting Championship in 2001, 
and um, I remember when we first met, it was 2013-2014 at uh, Prosperia Abt Racing in the German ADEC uh, GT Masters. (laughs) I've um, sat in a room with uh, Christian Abt and that was before I uh, met you and you know he was talking to some of his guys it's like oh yeah he was asked uh, how's this Nikki uh, guy is he any good and uh, Christian said the pace and the speed of this guy is phenomenal there's some it's like it's something something else something along these lines and I was like who who is this because you know you had uh, the the uh, prosperia up uh, lineup in in the season was crazy you know you had winkelhock you had reni rast um your co-driver fabian hambrecht and uh, everyone that i christo used and was it stefan wackelbauer in that in that season and you know it's yeah, a pretty, yeah. pretty st- strong lineup I mean uh, Winkelhock and Rust uh, if you follow GT Racing you know it's one of the biggest biggest names uh, e- even today and um, back uh, back in, in, in that time there was not so much um, a social media community with or from race drivers there was definitely content and posting there but um today um it's you back back then you would not imagine that today um probably being good at social media to start a racing career is as important as having the financial backing that was even if it's like a very very short snapshot of your career but it has changed uh, so much and um, you've been quite uh, become quite popular, not only because of the driving skill, but also of the content you have put uh, on YouTube, on Facebook, on Instagram, and so on. How was that journey f- uh, from you from being a driver to becoming probably the most popular face in the entire series? Um, <laughs> at, at- the only it always fascinated me. I've always been uh, going back to the the, the days, uh, the big days of uh, rock stars and so on. Just uh, uh, even I would even go as far and say I've been watching too much uh, wrestling from America. Just the entertainment part of it uh, just uh, just fascinated me and. Uh, I took so much from it because I see it's uh, racing is, as they always say, racing on the track is probably 30% of it. What you do off track is the main part. Um, and that is where social media can really change a lot for you. And then I'm not sitting here and saying like, now you have to go out and uh, uh, do stupid shit as a young kid just to try and get attention. That is not what it means. But as you said, it, it got a really important impact on, on the career now. Uh, but yeah, I took a lot again from watching back in the days. And even when Kurt was driving, I would say that was for me, that was for me, uh, f- fucking heroes. That was for me, fucking characters. Sorry for the swearing, but it just, uh, ah, it's, it's still, it still comes to me because I, I love it. I love it. Every single driver was a character. They were their own 
personality uh, with Roland Arsch, uh, uh, Jörg van Omen, Bernschneider, Klaus Ludwig, uh, you got the Italians, Larini, Nanini. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I could keep mentioning names because they just... Uh, I just I just love the, those days, and I try to. I'm not trying to say to to fake it, but you. For me, motorsport is entertainment business. It has become entertainment business. So, you can just see. Uh, for me, Formula One is. Uh, it has nothing to do with a sport. And in my in my opinion, I'm not trying to talk. Uh, I'm not trying to talk uh, racing or motorsport down right now because it's the, it's the passion. That, the love of it, it's it's too big. <laughs> it's my life. So, but I'm just saying, racing has turned more into an entertainment business than actually what it is. So, uh, but yeah, uh, the money, uh, the money, the cash flow is what's control the sport, and you really feel that now, especially with the social media, uh, getting bigger and bigger. Uh, companies sees a bigger chance to to put the yeah. A marketing yeah, platform on I, it. I think one experience I had uh, during during the years where we were like filming together and um, creating uh, content is really how much of a you know how the barriers the walls between drivers and fans has just vanished in a way you know like the community on YouTube on on Twitch the streaming that you've been doing um, it it. It's just such a community feeling um, that you not always can have on a racetrack, right? Because you're always running to like testing or meetings and there's not so much time uh, to hang out with the fans. And um, the video series we did in Le Mans about the, um, you know, how the week is going and everything. And it's it just um, still today I enjoy watching these um once in a while just to take me back to uh to these moments and you know reading the comments is always super fun and um i always have the feeling that racing is uh, not getting enough attention in a way especially gt racing all eyes are maybe on formula one everyone knows formula one and um despite it sometimes being very clownish um i still admire the sport uh, the sport uh, michael schumacher was my big uh big big childhood hero um and um yeah just to see how many people share the same passion is uh, is something quite uh quite quite amazing for, for myself and um you've you've mentioned it before um you know racing back then the dtm and how times and agendas and budgets uh, decision decisions are changing how do you feel about the current state of racing and where do you think uh, it will be going the next few years? Uh, it's, uh, uh, it's the million dollar question. Uh, I think racing generally is, uh, is in a transition. Uh, it is trying to find itself again, both, uh, both because of the, um, what's happening in the normal uh, car industry 
because for me also car industry is like also in a transition going to going to electric are we going to uh, hybrid are we going to um, uh, what's it called Wasserstoff Wasserstoff autos what is it called Hydrogen, yeah. Uh, so obviously that also has a massive impact on racing because uh, the series, is, all, the, all the organizations has to, to like, what direction are we going? And uh, obviously see DTM uh, in a few years want to go electric. Uh, WEC, IMSA made a cooperation, want to stay with hybrid. Uh, so obviously this is an impact, uh, but so yeah, uh, but also the impact, the what's it called, the interest part. This to, uh, coming to the normal person, uh, I would say the normal person. It is harder to keep people in twenty twenty one entertained and keep their attention uh, as long as you you could probably in the in the nineties. Let's say the nineties again. Uh, I, I don't know if people are stressed about it or what it is, but if uh, there's nothing happening for the eye or for the ears, uh, change of tone inside five seconds, people are like, uh, escape. Uh, yeah. I do something else. So that is also a thing racing is trying to find itself. I'm going to say uh, endurance racing is, is in a tough spot. Yeah, but but you know what I mean. Uh, you can you cannot have that person sitting there for twenty four hours. You could that uh, back in the days, I would say in the nineties, uh, because again, uh, if you wanted to see, if you wanted to feel yeah. it, you had to go there. Now you just turn on your 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 iPad, your phone, and in two seconds you can see it. Uh, I'm not saying it's the same. It will never be the same. You have to you still have to go and feel it. But uh, people, I would say, they're too lazy or they're not. It's just the attention. It's uh, that. That is for me why rallycross is so popular. It's like, bam, four laps, full throttle, no uh, handle to hot, no handle. Race is over. Next race. That is what. The perfect concept for for 2021. So uh, it's really hard for me to say where racing is going. It's it, uh, yeah, uh, the world changes so yeah. so and so much and so fast. We're not talking about endurance racing. I think um, it is it is something I recommend everyone, not only like the racing fans, but also the um, you know people that like sports in general. You have to go to the Nurburgring. Get a tent, uh, be surrounded by a bunch of drunken people that will be singing all night, and uh, you know, then at, at a crazy hour at the night, you, you go to the to the track and you see these cars going hypersonic speeds and on on this really really uh, crazy uh, location. I think it's something that everyone should have at least experienced once, like a proper endurance uh, race, multi-class racing, um, because that's one of the most, uh, really one of the most fun things to do. And you got to enjoy them while it's still something that happens with sound. Um, even, you know, like uh, there are strong cases for going electric when it comes to like uh, torque acceleration, you know, hybrid cars are the fastest one on the on the Nordschleife. Uh, looking back at uh, the episode with Timo Bernhardt. Um, but 
on the other hand, I think this is really something that won't stay around forever until, you know, we have figured out um, how to get rid of fossil fuels and maybe keep um, combustion engines, V8s around with maybe synthetic fuels or some other technologies. It would be a real, uh, a real shame to be losing that um that type of uh, hobby that type of experience and passion i'm not interested in formula e even if there are some really great drivers but for me it kind of looks like the most boring thing in the world um these city tracks are not really uh particularly um interesting <laughs> um but yeah i i can't wait where where these you know the journey and the the technology is is uh, going. Um, yeah, just just to come to the beginning, I want to say uh, endurance racing is not the part like getting drunk. Uh, you can, and, and singing all along. You can you can do that on a <laughs> on a festival or a concert. <laughs> it's more uh, being into the endurance business mainly uh, obviously obviously have to talk my case and for me and uh, if you take motorsport endurance racing is the only place only place in racing where team a team is written with big capital letters endurance racing is the only part where every single person in the team will have an impact at some point in a race so it comes down to the engineer, it comes down to the mechanics, it comes down to driver, because there's you have many more factors. You have you have driver change, you have uh, changing different components. Let's take the simple part, just changing brakes. You have the normal pit stop, you have, uh, refueling, yeah. you have everything. Uh, sprint racing, it is also fascinating in a different way. But coming back to you have to, I totally agree. You have to go to a race. You have to go to Nürburgring to a Le Mans. Uh, Nürburgring is probably the best place to go because what I want you to see as a, as a, as a normal guy is you, I want you to go into the pits and be able to, yeah. to witness that, what I just talked about. See the driver changes. Uh, uh, it, the impact of the whole team is, uh, is amazing. And that's what I, I love about endurance racing. Like you, you can, I don't care about Formula One sprint races. Uh, it's a different thing. Uh, you can say, yeah, you still got pit stops in uh, in F one, but it's it is it is not the same. I, I, I promise you that. And uh, it is fascinating to see racing drivers jump out of the car, see them after they've been in the car. It's fascinating to see a, a fresh guy jump into the car. Uh, let's say for the second time going out there. You release a pit limiter yeah. and bam, you have to be there. You don't have one second to get into the groove. Uh, it is brutal business. And that's what I love about endurance racing. Just to talk really my, has my shown part on it. In, in the last few seasons, you have been driving uh, in the WEC, um, retiring the old uh, naturally aspirated V8 Vantage and uh, bringing in the next generation of the new Vantage and, you know, how long the journey was from introducing the car and actually having the pace to beat the Porsches, to beat the Ferraris, um, which, you know, in the beginning, were much much faster than the the new Aston at the time. 
last season you claimed the double championship the constructors and the drivers um championship together with marco and the team what is uh what was for you the the moment when you realized we actually can win this this time we actually can become champions of the world yeah yeah first of all uh, again this is uh, we talk about a world championship you are up against the best in the business uh you are against against the best factories in the world inside gt with ferrari uh porsche Corvette. this is uh, no doubt this is not uh, a private club race here uh, at, at hockenheim this is the the best of the best so expecting to bring a new product and uh, and winning uh, is is nothing it's not going to happen uh, you, you even saw the the last generation porsche that they took i think one and a half year before they won won the first race and we did it on the fourth race of the new car but yeah coming back to your question is um Last season, I think it was in Bahrain. Uh, we had a good first race in Silverstone. Uh, then we went to yeah, uh, Asia, where we had really good good races with the uh, Fuji. Fuji really suits the car. Uh, it was a really good race for us. Uh, Shanghai, we lead it. We got a puncher one hour before it ends. And then we came to Bahrain, uh, probably the worst uh, track for the car. Um, but we got the win there. And that was like, that was where I, I felt like now we have a good lead coming back to the point uh, where we where we started off, like taking in the experience of uh, you don't need to win every race to win the championship. <laughs> so at that point, you, you started to like, Calculate and you had every time we were driving. So we went to uh, Austin and back to Bahrain and etc. Spa. So where you can start to play the game. Uh, but yeah, obviously last last season we got the we got the package after two years of really really hard work. Uh, the fun the fun part is always when you going from a new car the old Vantage uh, to the new Vantage. First time you drive the car, you actually sit in that car and yell i think <laughs> what a fucking shitbox this is sorry for saying that it is when it when it rolls out the first time uh, first of all the opportunity to, to have that experience to be able be a part of a, developing a such a beautiful race car is one thing but it uh, it is just funny to just to, to, to see the journey like every time the first time you think this car is never going to be able to <laughs> to even compete in a race uh, to the second time you go, third time you go on a track, fourth time, I think, okay, this is starting to get get somewhere. And yeah, the last last season, the, the package was there and we won the championship and it was absolutely fantastic to be part of this what long is, journey. What is next for you? What um, is your next big goal? You have won Le Mans, you have won the Nürburgring, you've won uh, the Spa 24 hours. You've been world champion twice uh, in, in the WEC. What is there left for you to achieve? Do you still have this one thing you you want to see if you can do or um, is right now just enjoying uh, being part of the sport, the main focus? Uh, yeah, it's when you say it like that, it's, it's hard to come up with it. Like you are the, 
uh, on top uh, top of the world basically not to, again not to sound cocky but it's that's basically where you are and you have to i would say like right now you just you have to appreciate where you are uh, because time goes and uh, you, as you say you really yeah. you only know what you have when you lose it and uh, and when we sit here we'll talk again in 10 years probably like life just changes uh, when you grow up and you get experience but I would not say you uh, the last five said like just be part of the sport as soon as you get that mentality you you better just you better just stop and I, I take Mark when we go to the normal rental carding track and just have some fun there because yeah, as soon as you have that mentality you are not going to be able to perform at that level where we are right now so obviously I still want to win I not only want to win races that is not what I want to again uh, if you want people to remember your name you have to win championships so championships is what I'm here for and yeah new goals just as we talked about endurance racing is it's probably my thing it's where I, I as the made my biggest footstep uh, so yeah let's see where you see with the lmgh that is getting very very popular especially in the year 2022-23 is where all the factories are coming in uh, so yeah let's see what the future brings i hope to be sitting on one of those those cars and maybe compete for the overall Le Mans win the overall world championship or how would i say it's it's tougher to win the LMP1 or LMGH championship than GT Pro, yeah. but it's, yeah. it's a different and, championship. Uh, you've it's been championship. very recently having your first experience in an LMP car uh, with Phoenix Racing, uh, the LMP2. How how was that for you? We oh, saw yeah. the onboard video. If you haven't seen it, uh, stop the podcast now. Click on the link in the description. <laughs> yeah, God damn it. Stop it right now. Mute those guys and go there because that is uh, that is brutal. That, uh, that is brutal. Uh, I never really... I had the, the pure honor to test the DTM car yeah. uh, in 15, 2015. 15, uh, yeah. 16, no. 15, I think it was 15. Um that was really my only experience I had with downforce. Uh, so yeah, you jump in that car, and as most of you guys probably know, I am I am a Viking. I'm built like a Viking, so this car is definitely not built for a Viking. Let's say it like that. So it definitely hits you back when you are this big as I am, and but it's a, it's in a good way. Um, it's in a good way. I can tell you that because those cars are so much fun. Uh, it's always greener on the other side, uh, but it is just a completely different way of driving than uh, than what I'm used to. GT cars, especially the modern GTE cars, have a lot of downforce, but uh, weight uh, is a different thing. It's still a road car, it's a sports car. Those things are literally built to drive as fast as possible around the corners, and that is unbelievably fascinating and i'm so proud and honored to have uh, at least been able to witness both sides of uh, of that sport and i think it's a good experience to have actually uh, to have been able to see um, 
experienced a race from uh, the fastest perspective, yelling or taking those GT, annoying GT cars <laughs> standing in the way and where you actually come from being one of those guys sitting there and yelling at those fast guys coming past you on the inside, outside, on top. I, I don't know. Yeah. But it's, yeah, I think it's a good experience and I'm, <laughs> I can, I will always be, be happy to be that I got the, the chance from Asmosa and Phoenix Racing to, to compete in that. Yeah, it looked like uh, a lot of uh, back pain. Like um, I know they say Sebring is probably the most bumpy track uh, out there, but uh, from how the footage looks, it's not so much comfort in these LMP cars. I mean, not even in G GT racing cars, but uh, the shakiness uh, was was something else. Uh, what was the physical dimension for you driving an LMP? Yeah. And that that is that is the part where you you have to respect uh, you have to respect racing drivers. Uh, already, after I tried that, I, I take my hat off to those uh, F1 drivers. Uh, uh, it's just that the pure power of those machines, the downforce, the G's, is something you will a normal person would not witness. And I can tell you, it was very exhausting uh, when you're not definitely not used to it. Uh, not a, not a kind of stress stress um, a limit again because it's it's new a GT car you 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 take uh, you take the car on like your underwear mm. it is like uh, instinct for you this is a new experience and you're just uh, driving on adrenaline and sucking in it uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's amazing but yeah the power of those things are incredible and it's uh, yeah, fighter pilots, uh, you are you are the real man because it's uh, G forces has a much bigger bigger impact on your body than uh, you can imagine. It's it's hard to sit here and explain to a normal person, but because it's it is something you have to witness. But it's exhausting watching the video the onboards. It is so fun, you know, to to first understand how fast GT cars are in comparison to, uh, let's say, the road cars, even if you drive on the autobahn, but every car goes fast when, you know, the straight is long enough and then yeah. just yeah, yeah. overtaking um, uh, a GT car, just coming out of the corner immediately because you already can take so much more speed to the corners with these things. Yeah, it is incredible because, as you say, a GT car is not slow. And when I drive, when you drive a GT car, it's, it's like, oh, this is this is quick. Mm. And then you certainly come in those LFP2 cars and you just, uh, ah, do we want to drive it? Pass him on the inside. Now nah, go on the outside. Uh, whatever you want. It's like, they're just standing. It's like, wow. It's just uh, it's just that wow effect. It's it's, But uh, it also, I have to say, with the experience, uh, I also made is is incredible how fast a human being gets uh, adapting speed. Mm. Like after three four laps, you're just like this is normal. Yeah, it is normal for me to go with three hundred kilometers per hour uh, to a sixty kilometers per hour corner, and I go, ah, oh, let's just break at seventy meters. That's fine. Oh, that was too early. Where you just think this is. Known with a GT car, you would probably break at 120 meters, mm. and you think like, "Oh, this is late." But you have to get your mind to do it, basically, on on instinct, and that is that is fascinating. And it's like it's 
actually scary to see how fast a human being adapts to speed. My only my only real high speed uh, experience is basically the autobahn where I I'm able with my little diesel car to reach uh, 250 <laughs> 260 kilometers per hour. Die deutsche Autobahn. It is uh, nothing like fast cornering, which I wouldn't dare to do with my little shitbox that I'm driving, but. Um, uh, yeah, for, for me, racing always has been the biggest passion. There have been, you know, sometimes music, sometimes uh, other sports, but uh, racing for me is still the GOAT. And um, I'm kind of sad that you aren't given the opportunity to defend your world championship in the WEC. Uh, because that's something that uh, I would, and I think also many, many other fans um, would love to see, you know, to put yeah, up the fight. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. What, is, uh, what do you think is next for you? You mentioned that you are very interested in, in upgrading the uh, racing category that you're in. But uh, what, what does 2021 uh, hold for you and for your career for now? Yeah, for... I want to say it's 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 an upgrade to 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 aim for that. It's just different again. GT uh, GT Pro is uh, it's, it's a top level, top top level. And if if I really have to go to depth with it, I would say it's harder to drive a GT car in a limit than an LMP car. Uh, but yeah, you, you just as a human being, you always have to set yourself new goals. You have to always have to push yourself uh, in life. Um, because time goes and to keep on top of yourself and of the world, you have to always set yourself new goals, even though you win world championships, uh, whatever you win, um, uh, you have to set yourself new goals. Uh, if you run five kilometers, next goal has to be 10 kilometers and so on. That's what I, I mean with it. So obviously still with Aston Martin, I'm still uh, proud to represent such a, amazing brand uh, if you really sit down and think about it what you are representing it's it's uh, every boy's dream to to drive aston martin mm. it has to be uh, so i'm still proud and i'm still an aston martin driver uh, i would uh, i hope i hope i will stay with them for years and i hope they will bring a lmgh car i know a lot of fans out there would really really enjoy that uh, especially when you consider the last uh, LP1 car they had was this beautiful beautiful sounding V12 <laughs> Lola, uh, right? Lola yeah, yeah. Uh, so and with all the Aston Martin fans we have out there obviously now it's Formula 1 it's, I'm happy to see them in the biggest category there is obviously I hope they will yeah. perform well uh, but I also hope they will keep their face which is um, uh, let's say Porsche is really good at it they know what mm. the brand is. It's a 911. They keep it in GT. So obviously, again, I'm also sad that we cannot defend it, uh, represent the Vantage sports car again. Uh, but again, I hope, I hope in some years that you will you will see a, a return to WEC in the, the highest category. Yeah, it's uh, definitely very, very interesting to see in which car and in which uh, races we will see you this year. We're all very, very excited to um, hear an announcement some some point in the future. Um, and I've 
I've definitely learned over the years that uh, racing is a business that changes every 12 months. There's nothing, uh, you know, nothing staying on the same uh, brick as it was the season before. So even if currently there's no uh, official factory program with Aston, but I'm sure these guys uh, are working on something that uh, will uh, make us this time that we have at the moment without an official factory effort uh, forget very, very um, quickly. I um, could continue talking with you for the next 12, 14 hours because we never really run out of topics, but um, <laughs> that's true. That is true. <laughs> uh, no matter if it's like talking about new uh, new projects or sim racing and you know how that uh, has been a big focus for you for quite some time um, I, I'm very very excited to see what the future holds and which championships uh, you're you're gonna be in and um, uh, show who's boss <laughs> um, it's it's uh, has been quite a journey uh, through these uh, through these years uh, since the GT Masters days and um, looking back you know the first uh, win in, in the Nürburgring with also that the, with AMG the uh, crew in the pilots in the car were something else you know like uh sean edwards you ben schneider and was there was there a fourth yeah pilot? sure uh, yeah. Yeah. Was it just Mr. Uh, okay how, how was that working in such a basically uh maybe from today's uh, perspective in all-star uh all-star uh, squad yeah first of all i want to mention uh Ben Schneider, Mr. DTM. Uh, the fun part of it was he was a junior Mercedes driver when my father was with Mercedes DTM. He came in as a junior. And then, yeah, what has that to be? Like 12, uh, 20, 20 plus years after uh, he drives. I drive with him. I got the honor to drive with him. And uh, that's, a, that's a fun story. And I, I, I promise you, the old man... Uh, saying with a lot of love <laughs> uh, wow 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 the speed of this man is was unbelievable uh sean uh dear friend dear enemy uh he's not with us anymore very sad uh ending but uh before the best thing about the most emotional part of that was before that race uh, Sean and me were truly enemies in uh, both Supercom and Career Cup. And when I say enemies, for me, uh, my mentality is definitely not there to make friends. You're there to, to kick some ass. And so before that race, I really never talked a lot to Sean. Uh, um, but you just get through that. That is, again, the lovely part about endurance racing. You do so much together. Uh, because there's so many factors you have to watch over, uh, overwatch. Uh, so you get really close. So it is, it's, it's tough, obviously. Uh, but I, I'm happy to just have that, have that experience with him. And uh, very, very emotional one. And uh, your own, yeah, also he was like in between us, uh, already made his name, big, big racing driver, come from a big racing family. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I would say now I would say like it was uh, basically uh, the dream team, uh, 
uh, I couldn't be able to share a endurance car with better drivers than, than that. It, it was a crazy race, but I, I was proud to, to be part of it and get the first Mercedes-Benz victory at the 24-hour race so, uh, and uh, have the, the team uh, name on the car. It's, uh, it's nothing that will never be. It will always stand in history books, so that's obviously a big part. Yeah, and if if you guys ever happen um, to be in the in Stuttgart, definitely go see the Mercedes-Benz Museum in Cannstatt, where not only the team name is written right next to Schumacher and all of the other uh, legends on the Wall of Fame, but on the other side of that, you. Um, I haven't checked this year because the museum wasn't open yet, but uh, last time I visited, uh, they still had the race car from the Nürburgring race. Uh, still I still there. have it. Yeah, yes. yeah. Nice, 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 nice. Um, at least last year they still had it. I don't know how, how it is this year, but... Uh, um, It'll be fun to sit down with 60, 70, 80 years old granny, sit down there and, and think about it, <laughs> that you you had your name on a car standing in a Mercedes-Benz Museum. So yeah, definitely appreciate it while you have it. That's basically what you have to do. Fantastic. Uh, Niki, thank you so much for uh, joining uh, joining this little podcast. Yeah, friends. gerne, gerne. <laughs> it was fun. I hope you enjoyed um, it. This was really, really fun. I know you have to go because uh, family duties are waiting for you. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm... I'm very excited what's coming from you next uh, if we will see more uh, youtube stuff or maybe uh, podcast stuff or whatever you 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 have in mind for the future um i think your fans will all appreciate uh, and um, enjoy seeing and hearing more from you from mom's basement yeah let's see what comes up let's see what comes up but yeah thank you for being part of it uh, part of the show really good really good have a wonderful day and uh, audience, uh, make sure to visit uh, teamteam.com, Nikki's website to see if you don't know the guy, uh, just type it in, in, in with a Google search or YouTube or wherever. There's plenty of fun stuff out there to watch uh, uh, Nikki's content and um, make sure to check the description to for all the references we made. I will try to make, uh, make sure to link as much as possible and uh, see you in the next one. 